All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on the Here, like I don't, I will cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello. 
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, episode 170. We're coming off of 169. That was a fun episode. And we're going to have a fun episode this week as well as we are doing a Canucks Conversation mailbag. But first, you know the Canucks Conversation is presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. We just did another pack opening. We've been uh, doing a few over the past couple recording sessions here. Not not very good luck on this one, so we know we're we're saving some of the luck for those people going out and using the promo code Hockey Season. That'll get you five dollars off your order, as well as free shipping if you spend more than fifty dollars all across Canada, all across Canada. I say. So quads, let's dive right into the mailbag. Unless uh, maybe there's a couple things we can touch on first. I know that there's. Uh, not a ton of news coming out of the Vancouver Canucks world right now, but there, there's definitely a couple things we can discuss. Do you have anything off the top that you want to get into before we start the mailbag? Because we have a lot of questions, too. We could just go right to questions if we, we want. We could go right to the mailbag, but uh, Ian Clark, uh, okay. does it surprise you I brought him up to start not, the show? But not one bit. He's been doing a media tour, which is very interesting because he's been, as you know, and as we've talked about on the show, he's been unavailable to media for the past, I think, two seasons, I think it goes back as far as. Uh, now he's doing a media tour. So, yeah, it's good. You, you know, we like hearing, and not a knock on Jim Benning or Travis Green for that matter, but we like hearing voices other than theirs talking hockey. And again, you see this with the Bradshaw interview. Did a great job, really broke things down. He, he's a hockey nerd, obviously, which we love to see. Um, and then Ian Clark, same thing. Like, I was in that Ian Clark interview, and I was just like, Man, like it's like this guy listens to Canucks conversation because everything he was saying about Archer Seelovs today, man, you know what he said about Archer Seelovs? And if you're a listener of the Canucks conversation, you already know this. You were already told about him. But he said, if I'm a Canucks fan, I'm very excited about Archer Seelovs. Yeah, and I and think... I've been saying it for years, Chris. <laughs> for for a lot of people like that, that pairing, I hope that's what we see in Utica, you know? Yeah, I, I, I wonder so. what Jake Kiley does to that situation, though. I don't think he... I mean... From potential-wise, he doesn't. But I wonder just like contract-wise if he's the one there. But, you know, CeeLoves has a pro contract already. Yeah, it's CeeLoves. CeeLoves is the one with a vested interest long-term in the organization. They want him getting games. Now, that being said, if you want him getting games, being a starter in the ECHL in your age 20 season isn't that bad. Yeah, I just I like the idea of him being here, being with the market. And, I mean, what I heard today and last night from, from talking to some people was that Curtis Sanford is going to be back yep. as well, something that we've kind of heard but haven't really heard officially. Sanford will be back with the AHL team as well as Gary Agnew, the assistant coach there with Trent Cull. Trent Cull will be back. And the final thing was, like, I think they need to add a group, another coach to that group. Um, you looked at what they had this past year in Utica. They had those St. Louis coaches down there, right? So they that was what filled their staff. But with the loss of Jason King last year to the NHL, with, you know, really not having any coaches come in aside from the St. Louis Blues coaches. It helped because they they need some some help in coaching. We've talked about how much this AHL team is going to need to add to them. And a big one is going to be something on the coaching staff. So I was curious, and uh, we'll be reporting back on that for sure. Uh, but I don't think there's a lot of other things we want to get into unless we want to just hop right in the mailbag. That's what we're here to do, right? We're here to do a mailbag episode. Yeah, we've got a lot in the mailbag. Uh, should we start with the poll question? I think we should. I think yeah, we sh- let's get the poll question out of the yeah, way. Yeah, we'll start the with the Your Business Here poll question. Our poll question today, we talked about in the last episode, Celebrity Boxing, talked about a little bit, obviously, Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather had their big hug fest. Now, we want to ask you, what did I word it? Yeah, I said, who is winning in a Canucks-themed celebrity boxing match? Quinn Hughes or Elias Pettersson? 
Now, I think the no-brainer here is Quinn Hughes. Now, the reason for that, you brought up the brother thing when we were talking about this off-air. But my main reason for going Quinn Hughes is because I've actually seen him fight. When he fought, right. what tournament was it that they did in Langley? It was like, the, wasn't it the World Juniors? It was, or something? A, it was, he fought in a game going up to the World Juniors. Yes. Yeah. And that it, was, it was in Langley, right? Yep. Yeah. So he fought that Russian guy. And that was, uh, that was a big moment for Quinn Hughes. That was. That was kind of a shocker for everyone watching that, too. That's something we've never seen from Quinn Hughes. Yeah. We haven't seen Petey really get close to it. But the other thing that you brought up as we were just driving around doing some couch shopping um, was the was it when he cross-checked uh, the player in the back on the Islanders. There, yes. That one yeah, game. Yeah, that was when, the only uh, aggression we've seen from Hughes this season. I haven't seen as much from Petey. It wasn't the Islanders. It was actually uh, the Oilers. Oilers. Nugent, Nugent Hopkins. Same colors. Yeah. Same colors. Same, you were close. You got the colors right. Yeah, I was. My memory, you know, it's not great. Yeah, it's I grew okay. up on the island, so there's a reason why my memory is not great. Um, lots of, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm going with Quinn Hughes here too, but a lot of people are pointing out the reach, right? The mm, reach is the thing, but these are celebrity boxing matches. These aren't real boxing matches. We just saw a celebrity boxing match of whatever the Paul, whichever Paul it was, and uh, and yeah. Floyd Mayweather. That Paul, Paul guy had a huge reach advantage, didn't help him. Yeah. I, that's, I'm kind of in the boat of, you know, Quinn Hughes grew up with two younger brothers, you know, playing a lot of mini sticks, playing a lot of probably contact with those guys a lot of times in the yard. I'm sure they scrapped around a little bit. I know that Quinn Hughes is the small guy here, but I I think I'm going with Hughes as well. I think I'm going to go with Hughes winning that, that celebrity match. I needed to make a better poll question. I made that on the fly while I was eating a and, Gabagool sandwich. Gabagool sandwich. And you forgot to add I'm angry to it. I did forget to add I'm angry. That's Ugh. that's gonna that was my bad. We are going that's to have I'm as angry. bad as taking a nap and missing. It's not it's not nearly as okay, bad well, as I, that. It was worth a shot. All <laughs> right, let's get to let's get to the mailbag. We got a ton of questions to get into. Um, and actually, I think I'm just going to start with this right now off the top from, uh, we're actually, I think we have a lot from Andy here. So we'll get into, uh, the first one that I kind of spotted Browns or Earl's. So the two restaurants here, pretty famous on the West coast, definitely for hockey players. I know they love their Browns and their Earl's. Um, so Brown's social house or Earl's, where are you going quads? I think Earl's, I think Earl's, I think you have to go to Earl's. Do you remember we went to Joey's? That was that place I took right. you to when you first got here. Yeah. And didn't we both have the butcher's sandwich or something? Or I got that. You got something else. I, I just think. got the, I like, um, I get this all the time now, especially these restaurants that aren't like fancy, but sort of yeah. almost fancy. I always get the truffle fries. Mm. I'm a big fan of truffle fries. Truffle fries. Yeah. I, I've never had truffle fries. Really? Yeah. Never. Well, I had them there and yeah, I, I like Earl's uh, because of. So I, I haven't been a huge fan of like spinach dip growing up. I never was because I never had like creamy spinach dip. I always had spinach dip that was like actual spinach was in it. And it was kind of like, you know, kind of stringy, like a lot of vegetables in it. But Earl's has like a, a creamy one, almost like a guacamole hmm. type of spinach dip. And the girlfriends got me onto that. And it's good like that. Uh, we had that actually just like we actually had that on our anniversary. <laughs> like last weekend, we had Earl's uh, spinach dip and it was delicious. So I think I'm going with I'm going to go with Earl's too, but. Browns is probably where I've been to more. Like I, we used to in the Nimo. There's a Browns there. We go to Browns all the time. Never really went to Earl's ever, but Browns has a good brunch. They had uh, what are they? I think strawberry or raspberry mimosas. Ooh, <laughs> done quite a few of those actually on Sundays. If I'm being 100 honest, those are good. But um, I think above all, like cactus still sticks cactus, out to me. Like yeah. we're gonna throw that into there. I think cactus is better. The Bellinis are delicious. I had I had that the other day. I remember we were out uh, for dinner, and you know my girlfriend she orders a beer. I'd order a Bellini. <laughs> the way that the way that no goes. shame in that. Bud. So the the waiter brings it over. He's like, "Here's your Bellini, ma'am. Here's your beer, sir." I said, uh, "You got it wrong, there, bud." 
<laughs> you gotta mix those two drinks around. Uh, that's my Bellini. So <laughs> I enjoyed a nice Bellini oh on the patio gosh. while she had a parallel four nine beer. Actually, yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. A nice plug to our other sponsor, Parallel Forty Nine Brewery. Well, that's the thing. Every time I'm out, you know, like you see, if I see a parallel beer on the menu, I'm getting it. No matter what, because like they're all good beers and I like to try some of the new ones that I haven't really tried a lot. And if I'm just having one beer and, and you know, with dinner, it's, it's got to be a parallel if I'm out there somewhere. So yeah, quick plug for the, the great folks over there. Parallel man that we're going back to that street kitchen very soon. I hope that people, I was going to say, we I hope that people go. have listened to us when we were like talking about like, not just, you know, obviously they're a sponsor of the show, but like straight up, like this place in East van is look, amazing. Look, go try the poutine and get back to me. And like, the spicy chicken burger. That was oh, the two, the two things so that really much. looked good. You know what? The waffle fries were really good, too. And the dip they brought out with the waffle fries. <laughs> I ate that off. Like, the wings were also really good, too. Like, yeah. we, we got to try a lot of the we menu. Ate a, well, I ate a lot of food. I yeah. ate, like, four different dishes. That right. was that was intense. Well, I, like, our rep, Haley, she hooked it up. She, yeah. she was like, try whatever you want. Try a bunch of beer. Try and I took that to heart. I did. Yeah. I really did take that to heart. So and, we got to go again. Yeah. I, I'm very hungry. I need I need a poutine. I need a poutine from there. Yeah. Well, we just had pizza too. I know we just did have pizza. Big, big celebration over here for the big Italy win. Yeah, uh, big Italy win. We ordered a pizza. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get to the, you. You can go next with one of your questions yeah. you like there. What's your all time favorite? You know what? Okay. Let's do a Canucks question. I was just okay, going to ask one. you what your favorite chip flavor is, but we'll get to that one. Oh, after. I'd like that one. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's do it. Go What's your all time favorite chip flavor? Go ahead. Oh, okay. So they don't have it anymore, but they used to have, there's two, two different flavors that I'm going to give here. First one was you could get it at, uh, you used to be able to get it at Costco. You get the huge bag. I've talked about this on the show before. It was a Doritos. That was a mix. I think it's called Doritos collisions. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And it was hot wings was one of them. And blue cheese was the other. And it was both flavors of Doritos in the same bag. And like you put them together and it was just delicious. Cause it was like the hot wings were, you know, they had some kick to them, but the blue cheese really cooled it down just together. It was such a good chip. Like hmm. that combination of chips was so good. And I'm surprised that more chip companies don't really do that. Um, you know, just have like two different flavors in a bag that seem to mix really well. Like you don't really get that much anymore, but Doritos, this had to be probably at least 10, 15 years ago, Doritos collision. So anybody who knows, knows. And then the other one that I'll bring up was Doritos 3d, the original ones. They brought them back like last year. And I told you, I was so excited about them Yeah, and they just, they weren't the same. They weren't the same at all. They, they were thicker than the ones they were okay. Like they were fine, but I, I still have bags because I went and bought like five bags did of buy a lot of those. I bought a lot and I still probably have four of them sitting there because they weren't very they weren't as good as what they used to be Damn. so Doritos 3D kind of let me down a little bit but yeah the collisions I think that's what they're called collisions they were hot wing and blue cheese I hope someone else knows what I'm talking about here but what about you Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar that's mm. uh that's my go-to usually but right that being said the munchies mix I almost yep. bought it today we were at a dollarama you had it in your hand I had it in my hand yep. I put it back though Right, you did. Um, I did because I. So was, what's yeah with me when I'm drink when I'm uh, when I'm eating Miss Vicky's uh, salt and vinegar? You need a drink with them, right? For me, the best drink to go with salt and vinegar chips is orange juice. I think you know the combination I've never tried of that like, combo. I, I guess they're kind of both acidic, but it just feels like the the orange juice mix with salt and vinegar chips, especially with Vicky's, because they got some crunch to them and some actual you know some weight to the chip. I guess a little bit, but I find that orange juice and Miss Vicky's is a great mix. Do you have a drink that you like with salt and vinegar chips? Honestly, I'm looking at a blue Gatorade right now. I think mm. I I think I'd like a nice blue Gatorade with some salt and vinegar. You need something other than water. I you know I like my water. But yeah, I would need something else. Let's uh let's get to. Another question here. This is from Terry Guest, Patreon supporter. Big shout out to Terry. 
Uh, just got his package, I believe, as well in the mail yes, from us. So yeah. he was telling me about that. Good for him. Um, repeat of his first questions. I think you have this one on yours as well. Is there a player who is ranked in the 8 to 15 range that you are much lower on and don't want the Canucks to take? That is interesting because I haven't looked at it from the perspective of the Canucks are going to reach for somebody that I don't want them to take. The only person that I think I've been adamant and I will stay adamant that I do not want the Canucks to draft is Jesper Wallstead. And it's not because I think he's a bad goalie. It's just I've started to do some digging and some poking around at the... Well, not digging. I've just done research uh, on some of the goaltenders. And we're going to have a lot of stuff for you at Canucks Army. Going to have a lot of stuff for you on this podcast. I'm going to keep watching them, watch them until I can try and figure out exactly which one the Canucks are going to be really interested in. Just kind of knowing what Ian Clark looks for in a goaltender. I'm going to try and figure it out mm-hmm. uh, like I did last year uh, with Blomquist. So I'm going to try and do that again this year. But I've started to look. There are some good goalies, Chris. Like the, there are some good goalies. Now, the name, and I'm not trying to, you know, Matt Sakaris threw this out. Someone asked, which goalie do you think they could draft? And Matt Sakaris threw out the name of Caso. He's supposed to go in the second yeah, draft. WHL guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Talk uh, about him on the third line pod, actually. I would be downright shocked if the Canucks draft him. So the reason why is he's six foot six. Ian Clark was on Halford and Bruff this morning. And I know Matt said this before, um, before Clark actually was on Halford and Bruff. But the thing is, is I just, I, I kind of knew that Clark isn't super high on tall goalies. And he was basically talking about how, you know, no matter what size you are, you're going to have to fill the same space. So whether you're Mikey DiPietro and you're six feet tall or you're Jacob Markstrom and you're six foot six, you're going to have to fill the same space. So it's how you do that, right? When you're a tall goaltender, those shots from the point, those shots from out far, those are great. Those are easy for you to stop. But when it's in tight, you're trying to seal off every every portion of that net because we know NHL players can snipe it on you, right? You're trying to seal off all of that net. That's not easy to do. Like people don't really like there's a reason that the tallest goalies aren't just the ones that NHL teams draft. Like there's a reason that you look for a lot more than just size. So Sebastian Costo, his name is plays in Edmonton, you know, number one among North American goalies, insane numbers in the WHL, 18 years old, great goalie, six foot six. Okay. I've watched him play. Looks fine. Going to need some technical work. Every draft goalie is going to obviously guy playing junior at six, six. Exactly. There's a lot of work to do. Exactly. Um, but that being said, like that, that was just a name that I saw someone throw out, and I just want to go on the record and say I will be downright shocked, like shocked, if the Canucks go for him in the first or second round where he's projected to go. Like shocked. I Honestly, like I'm going to go out, and I know this isn't the question. I know this isn't the question, but I will say that I don't want them to draft Wallstead or Costo because I think those are two goalies that are just going to be reaches at where they're going to be selected for the, yeah. if the Canucks are selected. And I think that it's, it's, it's a strange question for him to ask because between 8 to 15 is it's very like I feel like a lot of people and, and us are kind of agreeing with that saying that there's like a there's a nine there's a group of nine yeah. right it would be power Beneers Hughes Evanson uh, Wallstead Eklund Clark Gunther Johnson McTavish I just nailed them all so that's 10 that's including Wallstead into that group if they're getting one of those guys I'm happy and I'm kind of with you in this fact that Wallstead just doesn't feel like it 
he might be the might be the most talented guy. Oh, he okay, okay. Right? Not only just goalies, but like in that group. Yes, he, he might, might be the best, play, being... best player available. That being said, the mm-hmm. reason I say this is okay. He's a great goalie. He's abs- He's absolutely great. He'll be there if the Canucks draft Jesper Wallstead. He's their top prospect immediately. He jumps over Mikey DiPietro with right. in terms of potential and everything he could do. That's not a knock against DiPietro. Wallstead's good, man. Like Wallstead is a good goalie. It's not like last year where I was saying, oh, Askarov is not the best goalie in this draft and had all the uh, scouts coming at me. Like, that's not why I'm saying that they shouldn't draft him. It's Wallstead's probably the best goalie in this draft. I just think there's going to be a goalie in the later rounds, not named Sebastian Caso or Jesper Wallstead, that could be drafted and could really emerge as a top-tier goalie in the league. And I yeah. think the Canucks have the right man in place to find out who that goalie is. And I'm going to do it myself not waste too. such a high valued pick on it when you can exactly. get something not similar, but around the same area. If you trust in Ian Clark, like you should, and my, you've got Demko for five more years at least. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing too. I think my guy is, is Chaz Lucius. Who's a center. And I think that if McTavish is off the board, you know, if Clark's off the board, if Edvinson's off the board, if Hughes is off the board, when the Canucks go up and they're kind of like, oh, do we want Kent Johnson? Do we want Gunther? Do we want Lucell? But they're like, no, we should get the center. We should get the center and Lucius. I think that's a mistake. I think mm-hmm. that you have a lot more talent from those wingers there, and I would hate to see them draft for a position. And you can kind of throw Daniil Cheka in that as well, the, the Russian defenseman. I think that you're getting a very, like a higher level of, level of skill if you have to draft one of those wingers like Johnson, Gunther or or even Lucell, like I kind of mentioned, who kind of has has kind of slipped a little bit out of that group. Like I yeah. feel like Lucell was definitely in conversation for top ten pick, but I think he slid a little bit. But you know, to me, still dream situation is like so. Like I, I haven't really talked about this much, but like the real dream situation for me here is William Eklund falling to the Canucks. Like hmm. if he falls, he is extremely skilled. He's playing in the SHL, so me waking up for games next year, 10 a.m., love the 10 a.m. starts so much better than the KHL, 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. Uh, so I'd be excited for, for that reason personally. But I want I don't think Eklund can fall because I think that a lot of people are very high on him, but that's like the dream, dream spot for me. You know, if Eklund and Hughes are both there for the Canucks, I, I think you have to go with Eklund. So um, we'll move on. Next question. You probably have one on yeah. there. If the Canucks are... This is worded weirdly, but basically, can the Canucks make the playoffs next year even with no changes? There's going to be changes this offseason, but this person's saying with no changes. With Pod Colds incoming, a healthy Pedersen, Rathbone for a full year, and a terrible Pacific division, isn't it actually relatively likely? Now, I think this is pretty accurate. I think that the Canucks are better than their record this year shows. Um, you're adding Pod Colson. You're gonna have Rathbone for a full season, as this uh, lovely listener of ours pointed out. I think the Canucks could squeak into the playoffs next year with no changes, but a lot of that depends on a healthy Elias Patterson, and we don't know if he's on the ice yet. He hasn't posted any photos of him on the ice, and yeah, last we talked point. to him. He said he's going to get on the ice soon and he's hoping to be able to be ready or he said he will be ready for camp with the wrist injury that he had. So assuming we have Patterson healthy, let's say I'm going to say, yeah, the Canucks can make the playoffs because Chris, like you've, do you remember how bad the Pacific division is like Anaheim Anaheim's a ways away. Like Trevor Zegras is basically all they have. They got to 
you know, th- there's a lot of work to do in Anaheim before they're true yeah. competitors. Kings, I, I like the Kings. The Kings man. are only going to get better. Like, Quinton Byfield's only going to get better. I'm not trying to discount the Kings Which at all. like, worrisome for next year. I still think that they're a ways away. But yeah. when we want to start talking about the Canucks being competitive every year, I think the Kings are going to be a team that's in the conversation. Yes. I think that starts as soon as a 22-23 season. I think right? even next year, the Kings might be able to squeak in. Like I, think, the Kings- I think they have enough young talent that if some of them take... And man, I, I know I've been preaching this for a long time, but young talent's so much better than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like it's these guys are so now. much more advanced than they were coming into the league 10 years ago that even five, even two years ago, like these young kids are just that much better. And this, this Kings team has a lot of good players in it. And it's going to be fun to watch... You know, you know, might see Tyler Madden play in the NHL or potentially the AHL because now the Canucks are also in the California division. I think they, they changed it. I believe it's called, the, it might have even been called the Pacific before, but it's basically a bunch of California teams in the Canucks, right? Playing in that AHL division. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get to see a lot of talent. But yeah, I think that Pod Colson is going to make a huge difference. Like, yeah. really, really is. I I don't think it's going to take long to see Pod Colson kind of break through that playing 12 minutes a game level that I think we're going to see him at for the start of the season. I don't think it's going to take very long. And we've touched on it of like, if any player in the top six goes down, Pod Colson's in it. He's the guy to go into it. It's not Tyler Mott. It's not these other players that they've used in the past in Highmore or other guys like Vertanen. Like it's Pod Colson now, the first guy who jumps up into your top six if he's not even starting there. Or if it is Pod Colson starting there, then you throw Tanner Pearson in your top six, which isn't bad either, right? So yeah, I think that it's going to be a big, big difference. I'm still... I'm still a bit worried on where Rathbone fits. Like, he's not going to play with he's not going to play with Hamnick. He's probably going to play with Myers, and that I don't know. Myers is going to have to change neutral. his game. He, like Myers is going to have to change his game because Rathbone's at his best being the primary puck passer. Which, yeah. ooh, that sounds nice. Three P's in a row there. Primary puck passer. Yeah, I like good that. job. And the thing was, like to me, when they were playing together. Myers just didn't use Rathbone and use his abilities. So that worries me a little bit about what we see Rathbone kind of play out as next year. So if you see Rathbone playing with Schmidt, I'd love to maybe get a taste of that, but is it too early to get to that right out of training camp? So, you know, I think both those players are going to have big impacts in Rathbone and Pod Colson, but I, I think it is going to take a little bit for them to figure it out. So if they get off to a hot start, like, if they come out of the gate and have a good start after, you know, really having a frustrating year last year, a lot of these guys are going to be really wanting to have a bounce-back year, and I think they can have a hot start. If they can get that hot start and then figure out how to insulate those young guys enough to actually have them making an impact on a nightly basis, yeah, they can they can push for a playoff spot. I, I wouldn't say that they're a lock, but in a weaker Pacific division, you know, not having to play Toronto and the Montreals and those teams and, heck, the Ottawa Senators of the second half, like, you know... <laughs> I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, but I also think that some teams that people are counting out of the Pacific Division are going to surprise a little bit as well. I just want to point this out because I just looked it up to make sure I was right before I said it. One team from right now for in the current division structure, one team, one Pacific Division team finished with a record above 500, and it was the Edmonton Oilers. Calgary, wow. the Canucks, uh, and then Arizona, LA, San Jose, Anaheim, in that order, made up the basement of the West Division. Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, St. Louis took the spots in that division. Vegas in the Pacific, though? Yes, I forgot about Vegas being in the Pacific. Yes, okay, so, so Vegas, two. Two, two, two teams had a okay. record above 500. Interesting. So it's there. There's a chance there. And I'm sorry, but I, I don't know about Edmonton. I, I got to see some moves from Edmonton because they're going to be a great regular season team. I I'm think happy they'll... we don't do an Oilers podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, that's... You know, we've got it pretty bad here, but... 
they've got the two best players in the world potentially. Yeah. And they can't do anything. They can't do anything. It. It's tough. All right. Uh, next question here from Jeremy and Frankie, I guess, in his name here. Uh, would you rather fight a hundred stork sized Eddie Lacks or an Eddie Lacks sized stork? A hundred's uh, a lot. A hundred is a lot. I hate that. I hate that question. It's a hundred. I always wish it's 50. 50 is something 50 that's is more, more manageable. Yeah. And storks aren't tiny. If it was you and me, I think we could take the one Eddie Lacks. But stork size Eddie Lacks. Yeah, but we could take the one. Is this two? I think two on one, right? This should be you and I. Yeah, I think think that's the question. You and I. Well. I think we could take the, like, I'd distract him. You'd you'd grab him. We go for the stork. Yeah, we go for the the Eddie Lacks size stork. Hmm. I think so. But think about how small the Eddie Lacks would be. Hmm. That's true. And then that's 50 each. Are they as nice as Eddie Lack? Like, now that I think, I feel like you and you and I, if we were to go at, if we were to fight one size stork, like you would have to be the speed, and I would yeah. have to be the power. You probably yeah. have a pretty good combination. I think I think we make a good team for that. I always I always think about that when I'm with someone. I'm like, if I were if someone were to reach in my pocket and steal my wallet and run down the road, I'd get him. That's the thing. I'm like, I wouldn't be able to catch him. I'd be in trouble. I can't. I, got I can't him. run. But if you were to just be able to grab a shirt and hold on to the shirt for. 10 seconds, then I would be there, right? That's a, I think about that sometimes. I'm walking on the street. I'll be with my girlfriend. I'm like, well, she ain't catching them. I'm like, and I ain't catching them. So, like, it's nice to have, like, a skinny, fast friend with you so you can just grab them by the shirt, and then I can clean up the hit. There you um, go. Amazing. I think I would the do the... Oh, man, I don't stork. know. No, Eddie Lacks, I stork. For you think sure. so? Yeah. That's a pretty big stork. I mean, well, I got dive-bombed by a crow last week, and that, did. Like, I mean, this that thing's probably a got a pretty big beak on it. It's true. Can't take both of us at the same time, though. One of us behind yeah. it. Yeah, like Once speed. you get a hold of the neck, what else does it have? Yeah, exactly. Talons? We got it. We got this. Come okay, on. let's go with the, the Eddie, Eddie Lack size stork. What do you got next there, Quads? We'll, we'll do one more, and then we'll take a break. Best Parallel 49 beer. Ooh. So, so this was probably for me. You know? This was for you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So, my favorite, and I've had some really good ones. It's hard to beat the Jerk Face, which is one of my favorites right off the bat. One of my favorites, it's, you know, I remember having it at BC Place. I think they even have it at Canucks games. But in those in the wintertime, they have a Rattler, which I'm a huge fan of Rattlers. They're like, you know, they're half kind of juice, half beers. And they have a Cranberry Rattler for, for Christmas time that comes out. And it is absolutely delicious. So I think that might be my favorite one that I've ever tried. Um, they also just gave me this raspberry one that they actually partnered with Earl's to, to put out funny that we're coming back to Earl's here, but I haven't tried it yet, but I'm a huge fan of raspberry beers and I got a feeling I'm going to like that one, but jerk face is, is my favorite right off the bat. Just, I think it's got like just a, just enough fruit flavor to not have it be like a basic beer, which I appreciate. I like a little flavor in my beer. I like, I, people that drink Bud Light, I don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. I don't know how that's. Oh, that's tasty to me. Like beers like that, that are just no flavor on them. But like I, I've had some, even like some of the parallels that are like 9%, like you gotta, those aren't the ones you go to a party with. Those are the ones that you, you chill out with. And I've liked some of those. The one that I had the salty Scott and I had it at the, uh, with you at the, at the parallel place. That's a strong one, but it's just got so much flavor to it. But I think I'm going to go with a jerk face, but like all, like for a year long, it's got to be a jerk face. Trash Panda is really good too, but my favorite one that comes out at wintertime is the Cranberry Rattler because I'm a big fan of that, and I like their Grapefruit Rattler too. I just I like Rattlers. I think they're smooth and they go down nice, have a little juice in there, nice flavor. So I'll, I'll go with those two. I'm going to let Ricky Gervais answer this question. Remember, he tweeted out Ruby Tears, and he travels a lot. He's been around yep. the world. He's had a lot of beer. Said Ruby Tears is the best beer he's ever had. So we'll I've try got, the Ruby Tears. I've got a six pack of those sitting in my fridge right now. 
Hmm. Potentially for tonight. There you go. Maybe not. While you're playing the we'll show? See. Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to catch a break. On the other side, we'll get into more mailbag questions. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on the Canucks Conversation. All right. You guys all know about Parallel 49 Beer from our commercials here on the show. And now we have a new announcement. Hello, Peach Bod. That's right. It's not all about the Beach Bod this summer. It's all about the Peach Bod this summer. This one's an interesting one, folks. A sparkling peach ale. So you're getting a beer with peach flavor on it, but it's also high in carbonation. It's definitely a different one, and I highly recommend going out there and giving it a try if you're into a peach-flavored beer. And that's something, you know, I'm pretty damn into. i got to get out and try it myself pretty soon here. I will report back on the show about this. Uh, so go out there and try the Peach Bod for yourself from Parallel 49 Beer. Check them out on Instagram, at Parallel 49, as in the numbers, and then beer, that's Parallel 49 Beer. And be sure to check out their website for more information about how you can get beer through Uber Eats. That's right, through those food delivery apps. Uber Eats, you can get your delivery from Parallel 49 Beer. Be sure to check out their website, Parallel49Brewing.com. That's Parallel, the number is 49Brewing.com. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs. And before we go any further, I want to talk about Squish. I had um, I had the passion fruit lemonade the other day. Okay, I got to try one of these. I got to yeah. try these flavored lemon ones because, you know, I, I, I when we went, we got... Two, what did we get? Two six packs, and I took three lemon ones, yeah. and I, I was content with that. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, we got to get you to try some of these other ones because they are flavorful. I still think the pineapple is my favorite, just because like pineapple lemonade, something I've never had before. And pineapple, it, it's a strong pineapple flavor. It, it gives you some flavor, which I love about Squish. That's the best part about it, I think, is that they are low calorie, 110 calories a can, but they aren't the low, low calorie that doesn't have any flavor. They got some flavor in there. They aren't the 80 calories. They're 110. That means they got some flavor, and that means they're crushable. They're absolutely crushable. They are what you bring down to the beach, what you bring to your softball game, maybe to your baseball practice quads. I don't think. I don't think that. I think that'd be kind of frowned upon. Yeah. Well, you're a little. Yeah, yours is a little. We're in a little higher league. You played a softball <laughs> league, maybe you bring that instead. Yes. Which, by the way, is my next question as we move back into the mailbag here. Shout out Squish. Find them at uh, BC Liquor Stores across absolutely. this beautiful province of ours and Alberta. They're moving into Alberta as well. Very so good. our Calgary listeners. Lots all of them, all of them, lots lots of them. them. more than more than more than for Burnaby. Oh. More people in Calgary than Burnaby. I got to round up my friends and family. Yeah, get the Italians together. They put yeah. on the soccer game. They Meet put them on at uh, Confederation Park. Go. We'll hand out flyers at the bocce game. Tell them to listen to Canucks conversation. Bocce big with uh, Italians? Oh my gosh! You, come on. Is it Italian? Is that like oh Bocci's yeah, an Italian Bo- word? I guess. Well, I think it's an Italian it looks game. Italian. But it is. Oh man, if we drive to Confederation Park one day, really, man, like those. Oh my gosh, the Italians, the, the old Italian seniors there playing bocce all day long, playing cards on the picnic tables. They, they own Confed Park, man. Fair enough. Okay. Those Italians don't cross a box. Don't cross them on a bocce set. I bought a bocce set. I just haven't even used it once. Oh man. Um, all right. Question about softball from Ryan Schapp, Pucks on Net. Shout out to them. 300 episode a few weeks ago. And uh, they're recording in person like us now, having a blast. They went the whole pandemic without recording in person. Our friend oh, Rash as well. 
never done a podcast in person before. They were a little awkward on their first little few minutes of them getting back to it, which, you know, we understand, but, uh, they're, they're flowing now. Shout out to Pucks on Net. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts for sure. Uh, can Quad show me how to throw a circle change in softball with Ooh. an underhand throw? No, no <laughs> chance. I could throw you how to, I could show you how to throw a very mean changeup mm. in baseball. I don't know how to throw one in softball. I don't even know. Cause like, well, I'm doing the motion right now. People can't see me, but yeah. you know how to throw a circle changeup, right? Yeah. Changeup was my best pitch by a mile when I, yeah, pitched. me too. It's yeah. th- that's, that's the one I go to. How did you hold it? Did you hold across the, ho- across the horseshoe with your three fingers or how did you hold it? So I held one, I held one finger on top of the other and then middle there. So my middle finger is on top of my index pinky underneath like that. Interesting. And it was, it would come out very slow because this finger, just like when you're folding your finger on top of the other one, completely slows the ball down. Wow. I had a a changeup was like the only pitch that I had that was good. And I could throw for strikes a lot too. Wow. And because I threw sidearms, it caught a nice little spin and tailed off. It was, it was my best pitch by him. Wow. Man. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, Patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. We're going to be having a... Uh, I talked about it on the Patreon. I, yeah. found a bu- I found a huge bag of pearls. Yes. Which, for people who don't know, are, are game game used baseballs, right? Yes. Like good, Tell them how you balls. have them, why you have them. Well, because, yeah. So when you're a first baseman, if the last play of the game is a ground ball out, you catch the ball at first base, and where does the ball go? Nobody <laughs> knows where the ball goes, except for first baseman, because they just keep it in their glove. You go back to the bench after you celebrate with your boys, you go down to the bench and you just toss that ball in your bag and you take it home with you. And then you put it in a bag. And I just found that bag. An so, executive from the Nanaimo pirates. I'm just seething yeah, at this right now. Listening oh, to this listen. BC baseball. I'm going to get banned from the upcoming season, BC baseball, because my podcast partner stole Whatever. millions of balls from them. I got 60. <laughs> so what's 60 balls or $6 a piece. Anyways, uh, so t- to answer, and by the way, Ryan, uh, I played on his softball team last year for a couple games. I got to play softball. I, I'm playing this competitive baseball, and it's right. you know it's fun, um, you know. But I'd like to not face pitching that's like 80 plus miles per hour. Like it'd be nice oh, to so have. There's it just, not 80 plus in your league consistently. Not consistently. No, no, okay. no, not consistently. But yes, like we have a kid on our team who can throw like 92. And we have we have a kid like we have multiple kids that played PBL. You know, I never played PBL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these guys are good. Like the, the people we're playing. And again, it's like a junior men. So these guys are all under 26. Like, you know, I, I've put on some muscle now. I can't imagine trying to play in this league when I was like 115 pounds <laughs> yeah. like a year ago. I loved when the when guys like that looked like you in high school came up to bat because you're like, well, they're. We'll see if they hit it out of the infield here. They're normally fast as hell. So my goal, my goal is now to hit a home run. I'm not that fast anymore. I found Which out. Just bold, by the way. I think that's pretty bold of you. Well, okay. So I was okay. So I was at practice, and my coach pointed something out after the first practice to me, and it was just I was dropping my hands early. So he's like, "Yeah, try and try and keep him back a little more." So I, I tried to do that. Did some T work, and then I went to the next BP session. I was pulling it, and I was like near the warning track, and I was like, "Okay, like." I could probably hit it over if I just, you know, keep working on this and try and put everything together. Cause you know, before I never had the strength for it, but mm-hmm. now I have a lot more strength and I'm able which to actually get question, it out of actually, the infield, which is one of our next questions. But I got to give a shout out to Ryan. He's, he was a pitcher. And I feel like everyone that knows, like if you go out and play slow pitch, a lot of people, they just didn't play baseball, right? They're just out to have a good time and play. Yeah. And like everyone expects because you played baseball, you could be a pitcher in softball. 
Like I and people would always be like, Oh yeah, like you can be the slow pitcher slow pitch pitcher, I guess if you call it. Yeah. And I'm like, No, like it's it's I could you're never lobbing a ball trying to hit a plate. It's a completely different thing yeah. than baseball. And everyone's like, Oh, you played baseball, you're a pitcher, you'll be able to do it. It's like, no, it's completely different. If you and bowled, it's hard to do. I bet if you bowled, you'd be yeah, good at that. That's true. That's probably true. So it's the like next you question kids are just gonna be humming it in there. <laughs> the next question, let me let me find out uh who had it here. From uh from Adam, another Patreon supporter okay. as well. Shout out A D Tate thirty nine. Oh, we got the same number on Twitter. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't noticed that from Adam before. Um, has quad stopped skipping leg day at yes, the gym? Yes. I, I, oh, man. Okay, so I've been incorporating. I've been doing legs every day now at the gym. Whoa. So, yeah. So, I spend a little more time at the gym now. I basically... So, I do my same thing. You know, I do my chest and back. Then I do biceps, triceps. Then I do chest and shoulders. Then I do back and... I can't remember this off the yeah, top people of People love this. It's good Yeah, talk people here. love this. Um, But then each time... I finish with some leg press and then I do the, you know, the shin thing. Okay. I don't even know what it's called because I hate doing it I so always, much. Calf I always, raises. Legs calf was raises. my thing when I was working out and playing football especially. But now I do a work, I do a leg workout every time I stand up. It's a 300-pound squat every time I get up from a chair. So And just like from walking around with 300 pounds on me, my, like leg days every day for me. So I don't have to do that at all. Um, I got a, a couple more questions. Then I'll just let you run off a bunch from these. These are just from my personal one. Um, and we've, we've kind of argued about this in the past and I think that we floated the idea for it to be a Patreon episode, but who is the better cook? Are you willing to admit that it's me quads? Oh, absolutely. Like, no question. It's mm-hmm. you. Yeah. It is. I have more except, experience, except you do some weird stuff with food. Like I, I would like, if you, if you try and put watermelon or if you put mustard on watermelon, and then say bone apple teeth. I'll be like, what the hell? Like, you know what I saw t- like today uh, was somebody took mustard, put it on watermelon, and then put it in a dehydrator. What? The? And they made watermelon mustard fruit like uh, what? What would you call them? fruit strips? I I don't even know what you'd call that. <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Somebody DM me to try honey mustard on watermelon. Yeah, which oh I think that I think that would kind of contradict it because I think the point. We haven't talked about the watermelon mustard on the pod either. Yeah, we have. We absolutely have. We, have. we must I don't have. think we have. Yeah, we did because I talked about the statement. Okay, remember. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just I think it's from the salt and the, the saltiness of the mustard. I don't think you get that as much with the honey mustard, so I'm not going to try that. But yeah, you know, I think my I feel like to still to this date, my best meal is is those stuffed meatballs that I make. And I think those are my best, which They're would very good. Which would probably work well if we like we don't have to have a cook off, but if you Made the family red sauce or red gravy, do you call it? Right? No, don't. It's not gravy. It's sauce. Somebody got, people got mad at me the other day. It's for sauce. It's not gravy. Butter chicken, not calling it gravy or something. Well, it's curry. That's curry. Okay. Well, the can said butter chicken sauce on it. So okay. I'm saying what I what it's, I made. Okay. It's sauce, if, not gravy. Anyways, if I make the meatballs, you bring the barilla uh, <laughs> and, and, the, and the sauce. You know, I Just think we say can barilla, but pretend the R is a D. Badilla. Badilla. No, not Badilla. <laughs> All right, just let's go to the next question. All right, yes, next, you're the better cook. The next, next question, question before you get to yeah, okay. uh, before you get to take off here um, from Andy. If you couldn't cover the Canucks and the NHL, what sport and team would you want to cover? I'm going to start because I think we might both have the same answer here, but it would be a lot of fun right now to be like if we would have started like we did blogging a few years ago and been following with the Blue Jays and kind of gotten to the level that we are right now with the Canucks being, you know, media members technically and being in the locker room, if it would be a lot of fun to be with this young Blue Jays team right now. I think yeah. that's what I would have to say. 
Yeah, I agree. I'd like to be a baseball beat writer um, covering the Jays for sure. Would be a lot of fun. Let's. Uh, I, I got one more, and then I'll let you take over here, Quads. Uh, from Joshua Griffith, who I, who I used to struggle with his last name, getting a lot better now. Uh, why does David hate naps? Why does Chris hate goalies? Why don't you go first? I don't hate naps. I just hate, naps hate. I hate your naps because they make us record the show late. And I plan my day around recording the show. True. And then you just sleep through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally pretty good on time. <laughs> I know. Well, you are. not really. I've gotten really good over the past like six months of being on time. Before, I was always pretty late, you hmm. know, but I I've gotten noticed. a lot better. Yeah, I used to be really bad. I was the person that would like, hey, I'm having a party this weekend. Come by at five o'clock. We're going to have snacks. And then I'd show up at 945. I was like, okay, we're here to party. Let's. let's you know, 12 wow. pack of, of parallels. I would have hated you before. Well, yeah, back in the day. Like I'm talking party party, not uh, not party. But then Sean, Sean Warren replies, David and Chris shaking hands on hating goalie naps. Which is <laughs> very true. Well, here's the thing. I don't hate goalies. I hate talking about goalies. And you hate Kevin Woodley. Well, yeah, I hate Kevin Woodley. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I respect what goalies do. I just don't want to invest the time to understand it. To me, it's like. It's yeah, because like, why would you do that, right? Why would I do that? I'll just let them do their own thing. They stop the pucks. That's great. I yeah, understand when a goalie has a good game. I understand when a goalie has a bad I game. Yes, but, but I don't want to start learning e- about the you positioning. You don't want to know anything about how to evaluate a goaltender's performance. You just want to go off the seat of your pants. Just Yeah, yeah he won a game. Throw Listen, him in. Askarov oh is better gosh. than Blum- Blumquist. <laughs> That's him. Blomquist. Blomquist, whatever. Yeah. Remember Willie Blumquist, the uh, baseball player for the Seattle Mariners? Oh, I do. Yes. He he's like a, a pinch runner most the of the show. time. Most of the time, he was just a pinch runner. Wow. We had a guy when I played junior baseball, uh, junior Pirates, and junior PBL, I guess. He played in every single game. One of my best friends, Chris Reed, he lives over in the East Coast. Patreon supporter of the show as well. I don't even think he listens, but he supports the show, and I appreciate that. Love it. He played in every single game one season, and he probably started 25% of them. Because he, he just came out to play baseball one year. He wanted to play. He made the team out of junior because he was fast as hell. He was so fast, and he he never got thrown out stealing a base. Wow. So he would pinch run every single time in the sixth or seventh inning for me. I'd get on base, and then I'd be <laughs> out of the game. And Chris Reed would come in, and he would just get on the first base, steal, steal third, and then just score. And, like, wow. he played in every single game for us. But, like I said, only started, like, maybe 10 to 15 games that year. But he played in every single one because he would – so fast, no one could throw him out. So he he was a an asset to to the team for sure. Um, final one that I said, I know I said that was final, but I, I forgot this one um, from Andy as well. Best ballpark in MLB the show to use. We use Capitol Hill, right? That's that's yeah. the one that we like. Capitol Field, it's called. Capital Capitol Hill is the school that Don Taylor went to. Okay, that was, well, he was telling us about. Oh, freaking Burnaby! Here we go. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So Capitol Capitol Park. I don't even listen to you. You just said Capitol Field. Capitol Field. Okay. Yeah. So it's fun. It's like it's in front of the White House. It's pretty yeah. Cool. And you you got all these little things. You're like, we got to play at this time of the night. We got to play yeah, like this. Okay. Okay. If anybody who's, pl- who's listening, all twelve of you that play MLB the show that are listening to this, I know the thousands of you that are listening that have no clue what we're talking about. Sorry, but. You do not play MLB the show during the day. Like you don't put the time of day to noon or whatever because the sun makes it near impossible to see the ball. If you're under the lights, if you set it to, you go October 7 p.m. You know this now because I've I've ingrained this into you. I've been playing a lot longer than you, Chris, since MLB 09. This has been the case. You don't play. I had Ken Griffey 03, bud. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. But in in the show, you didn't at have to least. worry about shadows back in that game. Though. <laughs> in the show, at least you need to make sure that you you set it to nighttime because it's just the the sun makes it like you can't even see the ball half okay. the time. Fair enough. I'm fine with it. You know, I can't. It, it I can't play you. during the day. It irks you. Okay, you get to some questions here. I got no more. Um, Let's get to an actual hockey question. Yeah, let's do is that. Sam, People have already probably tuned out now, but maybe maybe we'll, we'll win them back here with the Canucks Is one. Sam Reinhart a good fit with the Canucks, and what would it take to get him? What his next contract could look like? And get Ristolainen. I'm against getting Ristolainen. I'll just come out and say that. I don't think, you know, eye test, analytics, whatever unless, you want to go to, Ristolainen Myers is the solid. guy going back. <laughs> yeah, okay, if sure. Get Myers somehow with Ristolainen? Sure, sure. But, sure. but again, yeah. wishful thinking. That's that, the other thing. Because I think is, Ristolainen would be a better fit with Rathbone than Myers would. Ooh, that's, you know what? That's probably a good point. You know, I think there's a lot of right shot guys that would be a better fit with Rathbone than Myers. I'm not saying Ristolainen is a perfect fit. But to me, Myers just is, it's not a good fit with him and Rathbone together. I just, as a third pairing, I just don't see it. But I mean, they're going to be a top four pairing, I think. Or well, you're going to put Rathbone with Schmidt, which I like. I like. It. Yeah, I like that. And then it's like, what is it? Edler and, My- Edler and Myers? Are you Levy and Myers? Yeah, it is. Which I don't, which I like actually better than Rathbone, just because I think you're really limiting Rathbone's potential yeah. there. I, I think, I think so too. that. I would be really happy to see Rathbone come out and be a top four guy, even if they're not playing like, because I don't think the top four is going to play like top four minutes next year. I think Myers is still going to play a lot of minutes, Yep. whoever he's with. But if he's with, you know, if he's down there with Yalevi, then you have options where if Travis Green needs to trust his veteran guys, I guess he can go to Schmidt and Myers more, right? Like he can use that pairing together uh, and kind of take Rathbone out of the game at times. But if you're if you're looking to play run-and-gun games, which these Canucks teams are going to really have to do next year, I like the idea of having, you know, Hughes be with Hamannick. I really hope they get Hamannick signed. I think he's a big, big help to this team moving forward. I said it when the signing happened, and a lot of people were against that. And, you know, I, I, I've been saying it. I really think that he is kind of like a poor man's Chris Tanev, and he fit right yeah. into that role where he wasn't a poor man's Chris Tanev anymore at the end of the year. He's playing well with Quinn Hughes. He was. And, yeah, I, I think that, It'd be great to see. It'd be great to see Hughes and Schmidt, or sorry, Rathbone and Schmidt play together. Yeah, I, think I think I'd think really so. like to see that camp. I just don't know if we will. Yeah, I think so too. But to answer the question, Sam Reinhardt a good fit? I think so. I, I have mm. no reason to think Sam Reinhardt's not a it's good fit. It's just hard to hard to think about next year. That's the thing know? is we were looking at a lot of these questions, folks, and we were talking about this in the car on the way here. Um, you know, it's hard to like people are like what free agents you want to see them target. And it's like well. It's hard because they don't have any cap space. They're not going to have much cap space. But, you know, like you see people on Twitter that come out and they're like, all they got to do is if Louie retires and this person gets bought out and this happens and this happens. And it's, you know what? Like, that's really hard for us to do because, you know, we don't want to lose a bunch of credibility by just being like, oh, all they got to do is convince Louie to retire and then they can do this. Like, you know, that's that's still a long shot that Louie's going to even retire, right? So if you're... I think it's near impossible. Now, now that they're at Abbotsford's right down the road... That's true. That's true, he too. To, he doesn't have to live in Utica. He can yeah. live in Vancouver. Yeah. Go to practices, drive an hour oh, out there. Don't, even, don't even get me started on Louie. But I, all I'm saying, folks... He doesn't even have to ride the bus because they're probably flying to California to fly all those games. First class, baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah Louie's private jet. Louie's private jet. Jet. That's the title of the uh, episode, Louis yep. Private Jet. Um, but yeah, all we're saying, folks, is if your uh, your off-season plans for the Canucks hinges on Louis Erickson retiring, maybe just think of something else. Like, like try and pump the brakes a bit on those ideas. But yeah, I mean, there's such a limited amount of cap space that to me, it's even really hard to upgrade the 3C this year, which is why I don't want to see them do a long-term deal with anybody who might be that 3C. I really yeah. think they just need to eat it. 
this season's going to be about just seeing what happens, you know, unfortunately. Priming, and that's priming for that the future, I, I think. That I screamed about like two weeks ago on the show was like, I don't want to see what happens, but this year you kind of have to because next year that's when the cap is really going to start to open up and you're going to start to see a window there if they can bring in the right players. I think this year is about setting up for next year in the end. You I know think. who I'd like to see them go after? Anthony DeClaire. Yeah, but even he's going to get a raise. He is he going to get a healthy raise, again. yeah. Well, man, he's he's at 1.7 right now. 1.7 right. million. And with that was Florida. off of a 900. Now he's at 170. He's probably going up from there. Yeah, he is. So I would like to see them get Anthony DeClaire. Maybe Louis will retire, Chris, and then they can okay. get Anthony <laughs> DeClaire. <laughs> All right, what else you got there? Oh, yeah, I closed it up. Let me look for more questions. Uh, okay, what is one of the most realistic trades the Canucks could make to improve their decor? For example, is getting one of the Avs D who can't be protected a realistic possibility? I'll let you go for this one. This is David Sellis, um, a Patreon supporter. Good. We got a lot of support from the Patreon people here on the mailbag. Yes, Appreciate very nice. That. Appreciate that. We're going to have uh, have some fun for the Patreon here next week as well. Um Man, I just that's to me the way that's best suited for them to do something like this. I mean, floating a prospect, it's in an ilk of, you know, Cole Lynn, Jonah Gadget, just some other teams high on one of these guys. This is the spot where you trade them and I think a pick as well to get one of these D and protect the D, even if Madison Bowie's the one going back with it so that they can expose Madison Bowie as the guy that they expose to them. Because I think that's a big reason why they picked him up was because he's one that you can expose in the draft for the other team to take. To me, that yeah, there's a lot of teams, not just the Avalanche. I mean, obviously, everyone talks about Cernak in, in Tampa Bay, but really across the league, look at the good teams, look at their defenseman who's the number four or five guy, and target them. I mean, that's what we've been, you know, we everyone said this for the Seattle or for the Vegas draft, and it didn't happen. So, I want them to be able to do that this year, and I hope that there's you know some voices around the Canucks organization that are pushing for that. I really hope that there is because I don't know if there was during Vegas because it felt like I feel like it actually might be a good learning experience to see what Vegas was able to do in that, and maybe GMs are going to look at it very different this year with teams that are in the Canucks position where they have extra spaces to add, and they know that they can get a player for cheap. They know that like that know that they can go out and make those trades and acquire those players that are going to help them. And I really hope that they go that route. I just don't know if they will. But I think that there's a lot of different teams to go through. But if you're talking about a trade, you know, guys that the Canucks are going to have to expose anyways, and Cole Lynn or Jonah Gadjevich, I think those are the type of guys you float in that trade. You float prospects like that. Does Yolevi's name come up in some of those conversations? Does that plus a pick get you a Cernak? I think it does. I think it does if they're losing it for nothing. Why not get one of these prospects that might get picked in the draft, but you also get a prospect out of it in the end, and maybe it helps you protect a different player as well if you're the other team. So, yeah, I think you've, you kind of you put Yulevi's name out there, you put Lynn's name out there, you put Gadjevich's name out there, all great guys that I love talking to, but in the end, this it's not about great guys that win you cups. Like you know, It's about having the best team possible, and this is a time where you can get your team to be better and, and float those options to really improve your decor with something that they need to do. So... I, I hope that they do. I hope that they do. I don't know if they do, but I think that a trade is there if you're willing to attach a draft pick to one of those prospects that I mentioned. You know who I'd actually like to see the Canucks target? And it, again, the question was about defense, right? And Radko Gudis was playing top four minutes against Tampa. Like, look, he's going to be a guy, and we're talking about exploiting the expansion draft, and the Canucks have spots to burn. Talk about a guy who would fit with Jack Rathbone. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. you want Jack Rathbone to play top four minutes, like 
Man, you well, no, because then it's. A, it, I think you're going to have Schmidt Myers as your second pick. Sure, but at that point, you're more comfortable walking away from Alex Edler or bringing Alex Edler in in a depth role. And again, I just look at all this and I say, like, man, what do they have in Ollie Levy? Because it's just not much, in my well, opinion. We're, we're going to argue about this in pretty soon. That's going to be another episode. Yeah. But man, like, there's just so many other like it's it's replacement level, man. And I just I don't know. There's there's got to be some significant improvement from Ollie Levy this offseason. I I hope the best for him. He's he's faced so many different challenges with injuries. I hope the best for him. I hope he comes back and is an impact player, but he was not an impact player this past season. People need to realize that Connor Clifton in Boston is a player that I'd actually like to see them target as well. I'm just, you know, I'm looking at different targets of people that could get, you know, kind of be casualties because of what their teams have to protect. Like Boston's going to protect McAvoy, Carlo and Grizzlick. Like I'm assuming that's what they're going to be protecting, right? Connor Clifton Two years left at one million goes to UFA status after that. He might be a good target. He doesn't really kill penalties and he hasn't played top pairing minutes. That I, I don't think he's played like top four competition. But again, you know he, he could just be a guy that you bring in and kind of see if it works out. Because like when even with Gudas and I know the price will go down because you're you're basically allowing them to not lose him for nothing because Gudis is probably going to end up in Seattle, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know if the Canucks have the assets to pay for Gudis, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a bidding war for Radko Gudis after the performance he had in the playoffs. But I think if there is, like, what are you comfortable giving up for Radko Gudis? Like, I don't know. Maybe Florida will take Ollie Levy. I if if it's Ollie Levy in like a late round pick, I absolutely do that for Radko Gudis. Yeah, I, I've given up on you, Levy. I'll just say I it. know you have. I think that it, I think you might be able to do it with a pick there only. Yeah, for Gudis, I I you would so? rather what 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 pick? Like I think you're looking at a third round pick for Gudis. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that it's gonna depend on when when the market really gets set exactly. for trades and the That's why it's so to hard me, to predict all this. Yeah. To me, it could be as high as a second, but it could be as Ooh. low as a fifth, depending on how the market really gets set here. Yeah, if they get Gudis for a fifth. Because it's like, man, it's. I think that the market was somewhat set with, with Vegas coming in, and the market needed, obviously needs to change. Obviously, what the market that was set for Vegas coming in was very bad for every other yes. NHL team. And I wonder if the counter for now seeing Seattle come in is going to be heavy to the other side. Of yeah. saying now there's no value to all this stuff. If you want a player, you can take him, you know. But I think that that's going to be the interesting part is the market isn't going to revolve around Vegas. It's going to like like or sorry, it's not going to revolve around Seattle, Seattle. like it yeah. did around Vegas. I think it's really going to be about the teams around Seattle. around Seattle yeah. and around the expansion after going. But you know, another name I I wonder about Colin Miller too. Like I know he's fallen off quite he a bit. He has fallen off. That's but, what scares me about it. But is is rejuvenating him with Jack Rathbone a good option? And that's I'm just the way that I'm looking at it is right shot guys that that have potential at top four or maybe have played top four in the past, but would now have to play in a bottom pairing. But okay, the thing with Colin Miller, and you know, I'm just looking at the contracts here. One year left at three point eight seven five million. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Compared to Gudis, who has two years left. At two point five million, at worst, at worst, if Gudis, you know, falls off a cliff and can't play top four minutes anymore, at worst, you're looking at him being your seventh D man for two point five million, which isn't good. But I like that bet more than paying Miller almost four million for next season. I like that with two years with yeah, Gudis. I like that. I think that fits the Canucks timeline better too. Yeah, I do. 
Yeah, I think, again, though, to look at it, if it doesn't work, it's money off the books in the year where they have money again. Yeah, too, yep, right? absolutely, you're so, right. So that's the way that I kind of look at it as well. But they also don't have a lot of space next year, man. They get they can't they can't punt on next well, year. They still got to try sorry, and compete not next, next year. year. Yeah, but the year after, that would be when the absolutely. Miller deal comes off. That's when we're... No, playing. absolutely. I, I totally get that. I'm saying next year, it's $3.875 million on the yeah. books, man. Like, they, they can't punt on next year. I, I've had this rant before. They cannot go into next season and just not compete. You're going to be at serious risk of upsetting Elias Patterson, of upsetting this young core, especially JT Miller. I don't know if JT Miller's here after another season where they just, right. like, just... But like, to add to that as well, and now we're kind of on the, the talk of expansion here, like, to me, the more and more I think about it, I think Braden Holtby might be getting picked here. Like, I, I do think that you look at the goaltender group, like, I feel like Jake Allen might be the other one that they pick. Pick him out of Montreal. Probably. I think there's a contract really left season. on his deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, one year. And then would it be Holtby as the other one that kind of sticks out? Like, to me, it's like you look at Vancouver, and it's like, ah, oh, like, you know, they're not going to be able to protect what? Maybe Cole Lynn, Zach McEwen. Gadjevich, yeah. Defenseman, it's going to be Madison Bowie. Like, and then you have Braden Holtby. Like, yeah. if you're looking at Vancouver, you're thinking, well, our best bet there is Braden Holtby, who, yeah, has got a big, big, not cap dollar, but actual payment dollar on the, on the contract structure. But then it's like, you know, you got him for one year and then he's gone for, for them in, in Seattle. I think that that's kind of the route that I wasn't leaning to a lot a month ago. But now and kind of like the more that we go on with the season here, I do think that it's kind of Holtby is, I don't want to say the front runner for Seattle to pick, but I think he's definitely up there. And I don't think it would take much of a draft pick to make them take him. Like, I feel like. Where the Canucks added an extra sixth round pick, was it for Jordy Ben? Does yeah. that get enough to say, like, if they're already on the fence about Holby, hey, here's a six, take Holby? Mm, I don't think so. I mm. think I think the real dollars of that deal is going if you, to if scare that's, a team if away. that happens, then you can explore looking at someone else that's going to lose a player for three million ish because you clear up some space, you bring in a backup for a million dollars. Who, you know, I think a very similar thing of Anders Nielsen once again, like a. You know, you have the AHL guy push for the backup spot. He gets there by December, or sorry, he gets there by like February, March, and then like you know, Mikey's the backup by then. Yeah, like uh, to yeah. me, it's like everyone, like a lot. I've heard a lot of people talk was, oh, like if Holby's gone or if they buy a Holby, they got to put two and a half million into a goalie or three million dollars into a goalie. You're really just like you're not saving money in the end. But it's like just get yourself a guy who makes one one two, and you and like I don't mean to be like you know, it's kind of harsh to say, but like don't care about him. You know, he's here. He's playing NHL games for you. You know, he plays some NHL games for you. He's not going to bring a lot to your team, but that's because I think that Mikey is going to push. I think Mikey's going to push pretty soon into next I'm not, year. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be too optimistic, but, you know, Ian Clark was asked what he thinks uh, is the game plan for Mikey DiPietro, and, you know, he's going to say this about every goalie, but I think, it, I think it has a little more weight with Mikey DiPietro, and he said Mikey DiPietro is going to come in and try and make the team out of camp. Absolutely. That's... Like, and if Holtby's not here, yeah, that that bodes really well for Mikey. And the thing is, is you need to go get a guy like a Zane McIntyre, or you need to get another Richard Bachman. It's a guy, hopefully on a two way deal. That's going to be hard, but you need a journeyman who's going to be able to play AHL games for you, or you're going to need 
him to maybe be your backup. Like you need a Louis Domingue. I'm just throwing names out here of well, guys like, who can maybe be a backup till Mikey's ready. But honestly, Mikey could be ready right away. It's yeah. hard because we didn't get a huge, like we didn't get a real real pulse on where his game's at just because he only played a few games in Utica. But he played well in those games, man. Like his positioning looked really good. Like I said, like I said when Washington, he looked like a different goalie. Yeah, he really he looked did. like a goalie who'd worked with Ian he Clark for like a full a, year. He looked like a much better pro. Like he just yeah. looked like a much better pro everything about his game was noticeable yeah exactly he started to look like a guy who was playing in the wrong i think we're both pretty hard in that camp where he pushes to be the backup next year absolutely by february and that's why i think if if holpe's taken by seattle then you get some more cap space to actually explore these trades i also think and clark was talking about this sorry to halford and bruff and secure surprise i can't remember where i heard this quote but on one of those shows he said uh like they they were on the in the morning show so i'm guessing you probably heard this on secure surprise you weren't up at seven i i listened to the replay of okay the interview enough. but uh basically 615 play the play the rogers song yes play the rogers sound i don't think we have it on the board actually we need it right we on that to, big red dot right there need to That's fire it on the it. board yes um what he did say though was with holtby he almost looks at last season as a and when i say he i'm talking about ian ian looks at last season kind of as like a foundation year for holby like they worked on a lot of new things and some of those things worked holby started to play better toward the end of the year he started to start to get it but it takes time right like he was new to working with ian clark and next year is going to be a full season and Holtby's going to be getting to work early this off season. And he's going to be, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't want to be done in Vancouver. Like Holtby's going to come back and he's likely going to be the backup to start next season. If you have Mikey DiPietro pushing and Holtby playing well in the meantime, flipping Holtby at the deadline is a real opportunity that the yeah. Canucks have like a contender that maybe wants to shore up their goaltending streak. Like, even think about like Toronto. And if you hold half of it, you already paid a big money into exactly. the contract. Exactly. Holding it is now just a cap space point. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you retain half, you pick up like a second or a third, whatever. Like you look what Riddich went Huge. for. Yeah. Right? And like, and the then you call best it Mikey. The thing for the Vancouver Canucks right now with the organization is the goaltending setup. Like yes, honestly. It is. What they're about to have here with you know, and Holtby's kind of the low piece of it, but like what they're about to have in the AHL is very exciting. Obviously what they have with Thatcher Demko and now with Ian Clark signed. I mean, the, the most secure part of the whole Canucks organization seems to be the goalie group. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Do you have anything else before we close out? I don't have any more questions. No, I mean, what's what's it, what's Italy's chances here in this uh, Euro Cup? like fifth or sixth best favorite. That's good. Yeah. It looks like you've been wearing that jersey for a week. It's an old one, I guess, eh? You got yeah. some stains on there. Yeah, actually, I bought this in 2014, 2014 World Cup. Wow. Yeah, in Brazil. How old are you in 2014? No, South Africa. 14. Oh, yeah, you were born in 2000. Yes. Right? Yeah. Me and it's got to be nice and easy to remember how old. So I, people ask me all the time, how, how old are you? How old are you? I don't know. You don't know? I'm getting old. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It does make it convenient. It's definitely good for like trying to figure out how old I was in certain years. Like if people are like, yeah. how old were you in 2014? I can just like, how old were you in 2014? You got to think about it. No I don't idea. have to think about 21. it. 21. 21. Wow. That's crazy. I was 14 and you were 21. Now we're working together. Yeah. Insane. Oh, those are some, some good years. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I some, totally agree. Some good years. That's right when there. I started wearing snapbacks. Yeah, that was when I was just stopped drinking vodka and started drinking other things. Hmm. I started drinking root beer a lot when I was twenty four. Yeah, I can tell 14. by your uh, by your PlayStation name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that was a good time to close it out. Uh, for Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to the Canucks Conversation. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.